mind. But he just, like, it's cool either way. <laughs> like, you can just, whenever you have something, really just, you can just swing around. Yeah. Too. I'll probably have, uh, I'll probably have something. Okay. Gotcha. Well, this is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I'm Dalton. I'm here with David. Hello. Whitney. Hey. Hey. Corianne. Hey, guys. Hey. And we also might have Johnson on the mic. Just go ahead and say it. Hey, guys. You might remember Johnson from the Spiritual Warfare episode. Have yeah. you been on another one? Yeah, he's on. I can't yes. remember. He was on the worship one, weren't you? was on the worship one. That's where the, I get to clean God's toilets. <laughs> wow, you sound exactly like you did back then, too. Like, Wait, let me see. Yeah. Were you not recording? <laughs> no, I was. I was. I was. Okay. <laughs> I just saw it go from green to red, and I was yeah. like, what? No. We're good. We're good. <laughs> We've had some uh, technical issues today, yeah. so forgive us. Yeah. The chair um, was resting on the power supply, so. Sheesh. And then it just disconnected. Not good. Not good. Not good at all. It probably, it probably disconnected when you got up. No, when I sat back down is when it disconnected. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, when you leaned over to talk to Johnson is when it disconnected. Yeah. But anyways, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. It's all good. It's good. It's great. It's great. Guys. How we doing? Doing great. <laughs> doing great again, man. Doing great. Um, what are we talking about today? Gentleness. We are talking about gentleness today, and I need to start my timer. Gentleness. Gentleness. What does that mean? What, what do we have a definition for that? Divine yeah. definition. Div- strong hand with the with soft the touch. <laughs> Is that what you put? Yeah. In your notes? <laughs> <laughs> you had to look down to save the rest of it. I mean, that makes uh, sense. Like, strong actually, hands. Actually, that's pretty good. Soft touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the saying, we uh, like the saying, we talked about, I'm going to try that again. <laughs> we talked about peace a few weeks ago, and I like the saying that you're not a peaceful person if you don't have the power to not be peaceful mm. type thing. Like, you, you have to choose to be peaceful. Like, even though you have the power not to be. Anyway, yeah, I don't have to reiterate that five times. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> as far as that goes, it was just talking about being, like, mild in your manners um, type deal. But it says, in order to be gentle, we must not view ourselves as better than someone else. Rather than asserting superiority, someone who is gentle wants to help others even when they have been done wrong. An example of gentleness can be seen in John 8 when the Pharisees bring a woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus. Mm. That's good because, like, Jesus is, he, he, he had so many options to take in that situation. And instead of really even, re- like, rebuking all of the Pharisees and, like, men that brought her forward, he, like, he, he just knelt down and wrote something in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. But a lot of people speculate that perhaps he knelt down so that he could be at eye level with the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you think about a man that is capable of of just utter rebuke of both the woman and these men. But he chose to look her in the eye, get on her level, and show her that he cares. And some people speculate that what he wrote in the sand was like the all of these men's names or like what their secrets were, like what their secret sins were type thing. And that's why they were just like 
that's why they were cut to the heart and started walking away and dropping their stones mm. and everything. Mm. Um, just the control in that situation that he had, and he can he chose to be gentle, and that I think that's good. Like I, I like that example that they brought up. Yeah. Um, just taking something from from James real quick. I do love James. Um, three seventeen. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So, just talking about how how wisdom has that gentleness to it, like. When you when you have that wisdom, you're slow to those emotions, and you're you're quick to, it's it's more of a, a peaceful, gentle, touch. It's like you were saying, say strong hand, mm-hmm. strong soft hand, touch. soft touch, soft touch. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just think I love how wisdom is associated with gentleness like that. Yeah, and I think that's so true because like there are lots of times growing up where, like my dad. <laughs> would do that like he would have that that like gentleness about what (laughs) something he'd be doing and i wouldn't really understand it but it was because and i would be like all in my emotions about it but he knew like he he knew how to handle those situations and he had that wisdom and so he wasn't acting as much out of his emotions as he was just out of that gentle peaceful wisdom that he had so i really like that you touched on those two together that's a that's really good. Yeah. Like both of the things that you guys said combined, like yeah. so good. Yeah. I've got a quote from uh, Peter, the apostle. Um, but in your hearts, honor Christ and the Lord is holy, always being prepared to give a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it, do it with gentleness and respect. Um, and that just makes me think of how often we can want to just be like just believe in Christ right like just believe in him like if you would just turn from your ways um, and follow him then everything would be right in your world and stuff or like there's also like the turn or burn concept mm-hmm. like repent like repent or you're gonna burn in hell and it's like while it's true it's not gentle yeah it's not loving it's not respectful yeah I think that's so probably one of the number one things, not one of the number one things, it's probably the number one thing that turns away non-believers mm-hmm. is like you could be completely right about what you're saying, but if you're saying it in a way that there's a difference in condemning somebody mm-hmm. and what's the other word, the other C word? Convicting. Convicting, Convicting somebody. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you could be, completely silent in what you're saying and just act the way you're supposed to act. And that could convict somebody. Yeah. Yeah. In a gentle way without, I don't know. It's just, it just goes to that rebellious concept. Mm -hmm. I feel like if, if people tell you what you're doing wrong, it's going to, in a way that's not gentle, it's going to cause them to keep doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to feed into that, you know, I'm a rebel. Like I'm doing this because I want to. Yeah. They're doing it now in spite of you. In spite. Yeah. So I think that's important. Um, and it, that all just goes back to just how you go about 
your like how you go about your own business and portraying Christ. And that's really the first step because if you don't have that, if you don't have that groundwork, the things that you say aren't going to make as much sense to them mm-hmm. because they'll be, well, but you did this and now you're saying this, like what, who are you to say that? So it's, it starts with how you act, how you portray yourself. Yeah. I think it also goes back to like, uh, like gentleness has a lot to do with wisdom, like you said, but also like just the honoring, honoring others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for example, with Jesus and that woman, um, and they were, you know, trying to condemn her and stuff for adultery and he exercised wisdom, but he also honored, like he honored the people around him. He wasn't harsh, not only toward her, but he didn't throw a stone at them either. Yeah. And he had the right to, yeah. and that was also being gentle. Yeah. Um, but he was honoring <clears throat> the people around him and not so quick to call out their wrongs. But but quick to put things into perspective and bring that that wisdom and that understanding and consider others as important, even the people that were being harsh or the people that were, you know, committing the sin. Mm-hmm. Like he showed understanding and he showed patience, and it just goes back to that place of like you said, just not reacting out of emotion, but reacting out of that that place of just wisdom and and those times like that that you have to exercise gentleness. You really have to trust God. Yeah. You really have to trust God because your flesh will come up quick because like you said, if, if you have the right thing to say, but the heart behind it's wrong, it's not going to convict the person that's going to condemn them. And they're not going to want to be closer to Jesus just because you didn't say what you needed to say in love. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to you, you touched on patience because I think that is such a huge part of gentleness. Like, I don't think there's any way you can have gentleness unless you have patience. Yeah. That's the thing is like all these fruits of the spirit, I don't think you could have any of them without having the other. Yeah. They're so tied together. Yeah. They're all so tied together. They feed it into each other. They, um, and that's why I think that's why we need the spirit in order to have the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did you have something, Jonathan? Yeah. Um, I think that there are some good illustrations of, the cost of not being gentle as well as the necessity of being gentle in Proverbs. Uh, I was just looking, looking through it because I remembered that uh, there is a verse that says a soft word turns away anger, uh, but a harsh word stirs up strife. There are several, mostly about wrathful women because Proverbs uh, uh, is written by Solomon. He's, he had how many uh, wives and concubines? I forget about three hundred or so. So <laughs> he he yeah. So so he he had been around uh, several women all all his life for sure. And uh, so just just an example, it is better to dwell in a corner of the house step than with a brawling woman in a white house. <laughs> don't make no. us mad guys i'm kidding <laughs> brawling woman <laughs> but, but i think that's just a great illustration of and i think that this would even apply for men that uh, you should be gent- that men should be gentle as well because i think the same rule would apply for women that ladies it is better that you dwell in the corner of the hell stuff than in a house with a uh, brawling man uh 
I think that that's the cost of us not being gentle, the cost, the inverse of it, of being rough, being easy to anger or brawl is that we lose relationships with people both romantically as it would be in this context, in this context, but also interpersonally. We not being gentle means we lose connections with people in the end. And mm. it, even James brings that up in uh, verses 19 and 20. Yeah. Good. So um, I was listening, surprise, surprise, I was listening to Joyce Meyer one day. I was waiting for David to give me the look, <laughs> and he did. Um, but she was just talking about as many people as you have the ability to help, that's how many people you also have the ability to hurt. And that really stuck with me because I think we're so quick to want to encourage people and, and to play a certain role in their life or have influence. But we don't realize if we're not careful with our words, if we're not gentle in spirit and, and carry that, then we have that same ability just to bring as much pain or to, to bring harm to them as we do to help them. And I think, you know, when, when we're young, the gentleness takes on a different meaning because... I believe that it's kind of training us for when we have children. Like, raising our children in gentleness, but also in discipline, is one of the hardest things. Like, it's one of the hardest challenges that I think most parents face, you know. They, they try and read it in books. They try and get advice from, I mean, ultimately you do the best you can do as a parent. But I think the Bible can teach us more about parenting than any book that's sold on any shelf anywhere else. Mm. Um, and I think that gentleness, gentleness is one of those fruits of the Spirit that we're going to come into contact with with our children a lot. And I think now practicing that um, with, with others is going to get us prepared for that season of life. Um, I know that, I don't know if my sister listens to this, but I'm, I'm going to bring her up for a minute. Um, my sister before she had her first child was a very like anxious and nervous and very quick to those emotions. Um, and then after she had her first child, she learned some things about just parenting and how to, and, and that those emotions, they kind of, your child sees that in you and they emulate that. And that starts at a very, very young age. And ever since my sister had, that child it's just like her level of gentleness has gone up through the roof and my brother-in-law as well. Like you can see that and the wisdom comes with that. Like I was saying, like, I feel like they're much like they're great parents because not only are they a team, but they both have that gentle heart about it that they go at parenting with. And I think that God and Jesus show that to us so well and then like that's the example that we have to go by and it's the best example you can think of so mm -hmm. like i just think gentleness is one of those things that we're gonna have to deal with a lot in the future yeah, yeah. if funny. we all have children it's funny that you say that because in first thessalonians 2 7 that's one of the scriptures that i had and it just says but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children yeah. so i really like that you related that to to our parents out there and, like, my favorite way, it kind of relates to, obviously, it has to do with animals, um, <laughs> is Isaiah 40, 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead them. He should, sorry, I 
butchered the most important part, and shall gently lead those that are with young. And I just love that. Like, I love thinking of him as a shepherd and, like, us as, you know, sheep. And he's so gentle with us, even though we are just kind of wild and running all crazy. But he's so gentle and just so loving. And I just I just love that. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing about that, too, is that, like, sheep are stupid. And, we're, and we are stupid. Like, yep. And, He's speaking for and, himself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And so God, with all of his wisdom, he still chooses to be gentle with us. Mm-hmm. Because we just, we don't know how to protect ourselves. We don't know how to fend for ourselves. Yeah. I keep um, thinking about what you said. It was in a podcast last time. It was like how people make the comparison, like in the Old Testament, God shows more of his wrath than in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Well, you you had pointed out that in the Old Testament, there wasn't Jesus to, like, God's wrath was more necessary then because you didn't have that love of Jesus. You didn't have Jesus. And in the New Testament, um, there's, there's more compassion because you do have Jesus. And, like, and even in the Old Testament, like, God is gentle, and he has that, that strong hand yet soft touch. Um I almost look at it like God God has given his word and he keeps his word. Even like, you know, in Second Timothy 2.13, you were talking about even whenever we're not faithful, he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. And I almost like picture in my mind that God gave his word and that they really loved his word. But as other things came along, they started to love those other things. Mm-hmm. And he tried so many times to warn his people like, hey, if you indulge in sin, there is a price to pay, you know. And when he sent Jesus, that paid that price. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I almost can see the enemy in my mind, like, Satan being like, hey, you're, you know, you said this. Because Satan knows the word, too. Mm-hmm. And being like, they're doing this. Where's the judgment? And God is the righteous judge. And he tried to warn his people several times. And I think people miss that in the Old Testament, that he he gave his, his laws and his commands out of love to protect people. Right. And they chose something that they would have to later pay for. Like, he did not give them his love and his warning and try, you know, over and over again to tell them. But at the end of the day, God is a righteous judge, Mm -hmm. and he has to keep his word. Mm -hmm. And we have choices. And nobody likes to look at that aspect as far as, like, Old Testament goes, that they each individually had a choice. And they chose things that, it just says, were downright, like, wicked. Right. And I think kind of drawing sort of a parallel from that, I know... um, I used to know somebody who, and this was in high school, like my parents had a certain way of disciplining that was different (laughs) from a lot of other parents. And I remember talking to this one person who was talking about how their parent had like a tracking device on their phone or whatever, and they would just see where they're at. And I mean, they're in high school and they just got in a car. So, um, I remember them telling me something like they didn't not go against what their parents were saying because they were afraid of discipline. They were afraid of disappointing them. So it wasn't like ruling with fear. It was ruling that gentleness and like, I'm disappointed in you for doing this. And that alone kind of convicted them. And they didn't, that fear of disappointing that person because there was that mutual respect there. Mm. Um, I think, that's kind of what we have with God. Like God like lets us make these decisions and lets us choose these ways because 
ultimately it's going to bring us to him yeah. because he is the only way. And sometimes there are hard headed people and I'm one of those people like you, you have to make those mistakes to like, to realize that you need God, you know, and to come to him. And like, if someone tells you that's, that's great. But sometimes you just have to, you have to figure it out for yourself. And God knows that because he knows your heart and he knows what works best for you because that's the gentle father that we have. Yeah, that, that, that's one thing that we're, um, we're kind of going over in church uh, over the next few weeks. Um, we're going through the Beatitudes uh, from mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount. And the first Beatitude is, blessed are those who are poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. Um, and Pastor Stephen, he was going over like what that means to be poor in spirit. And he's like, it, it's not being depressed. It's not having a bad day. It's not looking down on yourself. What it is, is knowing that you are spiritually destitute, that you like, you cannot get yourself to heaven mm-hmm. knowing that you, that your righteousness is not sufficient. Mm-hmm. So those who are poor in spirit, who know that they can get, can't get themselves to heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven because they know that they need Christ. They know that their righteousness is not sufficient, but Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, like, it goes hand in hand with like, so who are the people who are not poor in spirit then? Those are the arrogant righteous. The people who, th- who think that like, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. I've got it. I'm good. Because, because they look at their righteous deeds. They look at their works. Um, and so it's that like, it's knowing that, you yourself can't make God proud of you. So would you say like people who don't think they're good enough, but they also don't think God's righteousness is sufficient enough that would classify kind of as what you were saying. Like they are kind of those righteous people at the end of the day. Like, cause I feel like now you see less of the people who are, no, I'm going to heaven and you see more of the people who are like, you know, I don't want to do this my way because I know I can't do it, but I also don't want to do it God's way, which at the end of the day is still kind of wanting to do it their way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so I feel like there are more people like that. So I don't know. I still know a lot of people who think that like that they're going to heaven because they've read the whole Bible. They went to seminary Mm. and like they've been in church their whole life. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking more of like the younger, younger crowd. But I think a lot of the older generation sort of has that mentality. I've, I've run into that a few times too. Yeah. But anyway, though, like it's, you can't make God proud of you. The reason that he's proud of you is because Christ is in you mm-hmm. because you've accepted Christ. And so like you can't, that also means that you can't disappoint God because Christ is in you. So when you know that your sufficiency like that you are insufficient, mm-hmm. but you know that Christ is sufficient. That's, that's when the kingdom is yours. And that's present tense is yours. Mm-hmm. And so like you can live in that, you can live with that confidence, not in yourself, but in Christ. Right. And when you have that confidence in Christ, that reminds you to be gentle. Mm-hmm. It reminds you 
of all of these fruits of the spirit. Right. And that's when you bring the kingdom to other people is when you emanate these fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Ladies. Yeah. I think gentleness too is very much like, you know, so many times in the Bible, God says, forgive others for I've forgiven you. And I think gentleness is kind of easier to implement in that way as well. Kind of like what you said is just really reminding yourself how gentle God is with us. And that, you know, kind of is tied into mercy and his grace for us. But I think when you really reflect on that, it's so much easier to, like you said, emulate that and show others that gentleness as well. Right. Yeah. Dawson? Uh, there's, this might be just getting a little on a tangent, but I do feel convicted to say this, that being gentle does not be, does not mean being anti-discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm thinking uh, this will step on some people's toes. Jeremiah uh, twenty nine eleven, uh, for I know the plans I have for you. Out of context, it's a very optimistic verse, but uh, but in context, up oh, Mike. I think we got it. Okay, but in context, the Israelites have already been very disobedient. Jeremiah is there to tell Israel, you guys are going to go to Babylon. You're going to carry this thing for the long haul. It's going to be bad. It's going to stink. But guess what? There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's where 2911 would come in. Uh, I I know some people who uh, take that out of context. It's very common. And it's having that mentality that it allows you to have this I can sin now and pay later mentality, which will really wreck your life up. The, the sin now, pay later people do not have a happy life in the end. They, uh, I, I've met them, and they're... It's sad because some of them were really nice people, and now they're just kind of hollow shells of what they once were. What sin will do to you. Yeah, it... It is, and uh, so it's always it's always important to keep that in mind. Both when we're raising children, we don't we don't want to be too harsh on our kids, but we don't want to be too gentle on them, where they're not going to really understand that sometimes what you do has consequences, and you can't do whatever you want. You can't get away with murder, uh, and at the same time, we have to keep that in mind when we're approaching our relationship with God, and that. Yes, there is mercy. Yes, there is forgiveness. And yes, there is grace. But there's a consequence to our sins and what we've done. And uh, if if we don't keep that in mind, we can really destroy uh, not only our relationships with other people and uh, to a larger extent ourselves, but we could really drive a massive wedge between ourselves and God. So one of um thing I wanted to add... And it's, it's with anything um, as far as like fruits of the spirit and the word and it's truth. So with the truth, gentleness should never come apart from the truth. And I think where you're getting at with that is people can be passive in trying to be gentle and they leave out the truth. And earlier we were talking about how you can give truth, but if it's not with gentleness, if people are not going to want to hear what you have to say. People need to know that you care before they care what you know. And so... Real gentleness, the real fruit of the spirit of gentleness is having, you know, where we started tying it back to that. It is that strong hand 
that would be the truth. But it's the soft touch, touch, and that's the wisdom and the patience behind how to approach it. But wisdom is truth. The word is truth. The fruit of the spirit. All of the things that God equips us with, you know, it's held together by the belt of truth. And so it has to be always a combination, a balance of all of those things. It can't be just truth or just passiveness. It has to be grace and mercy and and gentleness. It's all inter- interwoven with the truth whenever you approach people. Mm-hmm. And the motive behind bringing truth, the motive behind who God is, it's he is the word. The word is truth. He is love. It's all of those things. It's not one apart from the other. And so with parents disciplining their children as the example that we've used, they have, you know, God disciplines his children. And parents biblically should discipline their children, but it should be with that stern hand, but like the truth behind it. And God never tells us where we're missing it without telling us how to get it right. And I think that that is such a good example of just how gentle he is with us. He's like, hey, Here's where you're missing it, but here's how you can do better. Right. It's not just a because I said so mentality. Yeah. yeah. And I, ju- I just think that that right there just entangles just the capacity that gentleness actually carries. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, guys. Well, we are at 27 minutes, so we can go ahead and close out. But next week, we're going to be finishing up this series mm-hmm. with... Self-control. Self-control. And, uh, we know you guys are all excited about that one. So excited about it. Whitney's also got a Devo coming out this week. Oh, oh snap. snap. <laughs> you guys keep Crackle an eye Pop for that. Crispies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, this is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. Um,